Hypocrites. Taking responsibility part five. Man, this one's awesome. <coughs> what was the question that led up to this? All right, so check this out. It was a uh, fire and brimstone message. When did that become yes. Uh, yes. a bad thing? When did it become hateful? Yes. And we started talking about bigots, and then you said hypocrites are just people that can't see their own sin. All right. Lord Jesus All right, God. so the traditional, the traditional um, understanding for hypocrite is someone who is in church who says you should do it this way and then they don't do what they say. Mm. But I beg to differ. I want to clarify the definition of hypocrite. Hypocrite is not a religious person. A No, I'm sorry. Hypocrite is a religious person and you don't have to go to church to be religious. Mm-hmm. If you hold anyone up to a standard that you can't even keep, you're religious. This is what the Pharisees did. They held everyone up to the law that they themselves could not keep. Jesus would say that to them over and over and over again. You are whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you are clean, but on the inside, you're dirty. And he brought the law higher than just their deeds. He said, you say don't commit adultery, but I tell you truthfully, if you, tell, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you commit adultery in your heart. If you call someone an idiot or a fool, then you are committing murder in your heart if you're angry with somebody unjustly. All right, so listen. Jesus took the law to a higher level. So if you are anyone who expects someone else to attain a standard of living that you cannot yourself keep, then you are a hypocrite and religious. And, religious. and this is the reason why I say this. It's because it's unfair to hold somebody else to a standard that you can't keep. Yeah. Listen, we hear people say, oh, why, well, you shouldn't teach about hell. Why not? Well, if I come around and tell everybody they're going to hell, that's not love. If you're standing in the middle of the street and a semi-truck's coming and I tell you, you're about to get hit by a semi-truck and you're going to say that's not love? It's not love to not tell them. Exactly. If they're standing in the street and a semi-truck's coming and I don't say a word because I'm afraid of offending them. I hate them. In fact, I love myself. I'm worried about what this person's going to think. Well, guess what? They're not going to think much of me anyway. In about five seconds, they're going to be dead. So who cares what they think about you? Is hell, fire, and brimstone a good way to preach the gospel? Yes. It is a method that people do not like. Hell, fire, and brimstone. Listen, you're going to hell. If you don't receive Jesus, you can't be saved. Why do I know this? It's it's equivalent to being in the Titanic movie in the freezing cold water and... You're all listen, because of our sin, we're already in a bad spot with Christ, with God. We're in a bad spot because of our sin. It is equivalent to being on the Titanic and being in freezing cold water. Mm. And if I would you be offended at me if I threw a life preserver at you? Are you telling me that if I don't grab this life preserver that I'm gonna freeze to death? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
That offends me. Why do I have to take this life preserver? You don't. You don't. You can just you don't have to climb that ladder. You don't have to climb that ladder to get out of that pit. You don't have to pull your parachute either. Listen, everybody. But everybody thinks that God is. When they say, well, if you preach hellfire and brimstone, then you're bigoted. What you're, you just don't understand the gospel. That's all. That's just a lack of understanding. That's all. You can't see. Listen, here is the definition of a hypocrite. Someone who thinks they're doing well and can't see that they're doing bad. Here's what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is not the guy in the boat who isn't perfect and throwing you a life preserver. The hypocrite is the one in the water who does not recognize his situation and does not want help. So, people say, well, I don't go to church because all the hypocrites in the church. <laughs> hypocrites aren't going to church, necessarily. Right. I'm not going to church because all the hypocrites in the church. So, what are you saying? You know what you're saying? Let me, let, me, let me break down what you just said. I'm better than people in church. I'm more righteous than people in church. Okay, so if you're more, than, more righteous than other people in church, what do you have to offer? I have nothing to offer them. Oh, because you're full of hate and full of unforgiveness. Guess what? Jesus says, if you have unforgiveness, my family and father will not forgive you. So you are saying you're better than, which is equivalent to a Pharisee. And you're not even going to church. Welcome to the Pharisee club. Man. Hellfire and brimstone is good preaching. In fact, every great revival was led by hellfire and brimstone preaching. Necessary. <laughs> We're praying, we're praying for revival. Listen, we're praying for revival, but you don't want to talk about hell. You're not going to have revival. Now, do I just go around and tell everybody to go to hell? No. That's a bad way to lead with it. Mainly because people are blind. Listen, we are not dealing on a mass majority. Now, now don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people out there that are already, they already recognize they're messed up. You don't have to go beat them up. Does that make sense? They recognize they're in a bad situation. But not everybody does. People who are offended with the church don't. That's a prime example. Anyone who says, I don't go to church because all the hypocrites in the church, those people don't recognize their need for a savior. If they don't recognize their need, then they don't see that they're in the freezing cold water right off the Titanic. You see? Those people need to hear about hell. Or they don't know what they're being saved from. How how can a... mm, If a guy is in the freezing water and you throw him a life preserver and he... What would be the only reason he would not grab that life preserver? Pride. Pride. Or he doesn't know that he is in freezing cold water. He's already got hyperthermia and he is totally messed up in his brain. That or he's saved and he's ready to rejoice the king. <laughs> well, in this in this illustration, being saved is on the boat. What's up? I think that the problem with the or the, any any problem that has been in the, the Hellfire Brimstone message is not the message itself or or, or the concept or anything about the about the, the message, but the delivery and the fact that people are mediating out of a sense of condemnation and <laughs> accusation rather than I love you so much that I want to pull you out of this. Yes. You know? So presentation is everything. I've had people me tell me. Yes. Yeah, you describe me to a T. But, see, you are broken. And when you're broken, you're ready to receive. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. God can't give grace to people who are not humble. Yeah, y'all didn't jump me. Yeah. Y'all saved right. me. Yeah, so if I come saved. to some, yes, we say we we well we came exactly. So you recognize your need for help. When people don't recognize their need for help, they need to know why they need it. Yeah, it's the difference between like have mercy on me, a sinner, and God, thank you that I'm not like that guy. That's the difference. That's how those Yes. That's awesome. So, when I am, if I'm a Christian that puts up signs and says all the gay people are going to hell, I'm not, how, this is the real question. If I am wise, see a wise man wins souls. This means if you're, if you can't win a soul, you're not wise. If you are on the street posting a sign that says all gays are going to hell, how many souls are you winning? Zero. None. Now, if you can't win a soul, then you're not wise, the Bible says. So there's something unwise about the posting of the sign saying all gays are going to hell walking down those streets. Something is unwise. See, the question isn't whether or not we should preach about hell. The question is, how do I preach about hell? Mm. How do I preach about heaven? How do I preach about Jesus? Wisdom wins souls. A wise man wins souls. So if somebody is on the street holding a sign saying all gays are going to hell and they're not winning any souls, then they're not operating in wisdom, which means they need a reality check. They're probably not operating in love. Why? God is love. God sent his son Jesus, the perfect illustration of his love, and the perfect wisdom of God was wrapped up in love. So it's safe to say that a wise man operates in Love. Listen, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at somebody and said, you're 35 years old? Are you done screwing up your life? Yeah. And some other people would take that offensive, but they know. But here's the difference. My eyes. When I look at that 35-year-old man who screwed up his whole life, I said, are you ready to change your life? Other people will look at me and say, Zach, you're too hard. Why are you saying that? No, you don't get it. You don't love him enough to tell him the truth. Yeah. I love him. I'm not trying to say you're 35 and you're a failure. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're 35 or you're done being a failure. Yeah. You see? You've screwed up your whole life for 35 years. So Are you weird. ready to change? I'm not telling you that to beat you down. I'm telling you that because I want to help you. But so many people, they go up, they have no intention of really discipling. <laughs> they just want to press people down. Listen, if you're going to win a soul, that means you got to disciple them. Which takes work. And most Christians don't want to work. They just want to tell people they're going to hell. Or they're so afraid to talk about it, they don't talk about it at all. That's even more lazy. <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> Quit being a hypocrite. Oh, look, I, yeah, I'm saved. And I'm going to heaven when I die. Are you telling people about Jesus? And are you telling people about hell? Because if you're not, you're a hypocrite. If you're outside in the world and you're not going to church because of the hypocrites, you're a hypocrite. Listen, if you know what to do and you don't do it, you're a hypocrite. That is hypocrisy. Hypo hypocrisy doesn't require a church building to make a hypocrite. Hypocrisy only requires a heart that says, I know what to do and I don't do it. Listen, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. John chapter 9, says, verse 39 says, Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world. How many times, how many times do we say, well... Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. Why don't we just read everything that Jesus said? Yeah, everything. Well, Jesus never... Jesus was nice. No, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Kill him with kindness. Jesus was hard on arrogant people. 
Who was he talking to? For judgment I came. Listen, God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. So how do I minister the gospel? Do I preach hell or do I preach heaven? It depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. If the guy I'm talking to is broken, I'm going to preach the good news. If the guy is I'm talking to is prideful, I'm going to show him in the scripture where he needs Jesus. How can you receive something that you don't know that you need? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How many people would take chemotherapy pills right now if I just said, here, take these? Hmm. It's going to make my hair fall out. It's going to decrease my immune system. It's going to make my life horrible. Why am I taking chemo pills? Well... That's foolishness. The scripture says that gospel is foolishness to the ones who are perishing. Because they don't get it. They don't understand it. But if I come to you and I say, hey, look, here's the charts, man. You got cancer, stage four. You need to know this so that you can start taking this medicine. Then when you start taking the medicine, the medicine makes sense. Yeah. And I don't, and when I start losing my hair, I don't throw it away. Just because it got hard. Oh, this was supposed to make my life easier. No, it's supposed to save you. Saving doesn't mean your life's going to be easier. It means that you might have to lose some hair. You might have to walk around with a... I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. That makes sense. My point is, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to shed your skin to walk in newness of life. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see me may, may see, and those who see me may become blind. Read on the, through 41. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Yeah. The hypocrites don't have to be in church. New definition for hypocrite. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> no to do good and do not. Number two, pointing the finger at others' faults instead of recognizing your own. You don't have to be in church to do that. How many people outside of church say, Look at those people in church? They're hypocrites. Oh, you're such a big hypocrite. And you don't even go to church. You're helpless. You're not even going to hear the word of God. At least the people in the church are trying to hear the word of God. And they might get something. Yeah. What's the other one? To hold others to a standard you yourself cannot Attain. Cannot attain. <laughs> Knowing to do good and not and and do not, pointing the finger at others' faults instead of recognizing your own, and holding others to a standard you yourself cannot attain. I mean it all pretty much the same thing, but hypocrites. Where's the, the, the translation or where's the, the scripture that talks about Jesus saying, Do not judge? Do not judge. Oh, this is my favorite one. 
we did not prepare for this teaching. It's all Holy Spirit led, so thank you for your patience as we look to the scriptures. You gonna Google it for me? I can do that. <laughs> I think it's in Matthew. It's in one of the Gospels for sure. It's probably in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> do not judge. Judging others, Matthew chapter 7. Alright. This is so good. Judge not that you be not judged. For the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. So with the, pronounce, the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take out the log of your own eye. And then. Watch this. Then you will see clearly. For a purpose. For a purpose. Listen. It is not about not judging. It says the way that you judge. You will be judged. Jesus is not talking about not judging. He's talking about how to judge. You're called to judge. Find this one. Google this one for me. <laughs> it is, uh, don't you know that you'll judge angels? Yeah. It's in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You are called to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Otherwise but, you hate him. Woo! Huh? You need Otherwise to you hate him. Otherwise you hate him. You I mean, if your brother has a speck in his eye, aren't you going to help him get it out? Come on. Absolutely. That's love. But if you have a log in your eye, you can't help him. You can't see a darn thing. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying he's not saying don't judge. He's saying judge yourself first. When you're on the airplane and the oxygen decreases and the gas masks drop down, you put yours on first, then you help your child. You find it? I told you. Judge angels? Judging angels, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 16. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 1 Corinthians 6.3. Watch this. When one of you has, has a grievance against another, verse 1, does he dare go to the law before, before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Watch this. And if the world is to be judged by you... Are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. This is Paul talking. Shame on you. <laughs> oh, Paul, this is not modern day Christianity. I can't handle the shame. Get over yourself. Are we going to be children and have fatherhood? Are we going to be discipled? You know why people don't want to hear hard things? Because they don't like discipleship. Mm. They don't like discipleship. They want comfortable Christianity. And that's not what Jesus paid for. You're going to be persecuted. Yes, check this out. Can it be, watch this, can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle dispute between the brothers? But brothers go to law against brother. And that before unbelievers, to have lawsuits at all uh, with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not? 
choose to be defrauded, but you yourselves wrong and defraud, even your own brothers. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God? Oh, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Wow. Were. Were. Such were some of you. This is why it's so important. This is why the church doesn't like the church. That's why the world doesn't like the church. They call them hypocrites because the people in the church forgot where they came from. Yeah. Mm. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me. Thank you, Jesus. That's what they say. Hey, all things are lawful for me. But not all things are helpful. Slap you up across the head. Shut up. <laughs> I have rights. <laughs> I have rights. Let go of my private parts. Come on. Let go of my... Abilene. Right. Don't forget where you came from. It's a hard one. Jesus is awesome. Fool. Where are we at? Where are we at? Hmm? Where, yeah, fool despises correction. Yeah. All things are lawful for me. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Mm -hmm. I have a right. Look, look. I don't think I'm going to hell for smoking cigarettes. You're not. Why are you going to choose a yoke of slavery? Mm. Right here. It says right here. But I will not be enslaved by anything. Stuff. <laughs> food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. This is the New Testament, by the way. It says God will destroy. Hey, you know, listen, let's just talk on this one thing for a minute. Fear of the Lord. I love this. Fear of the Lord. It's a real fear. A real fear. Jesus said this, don't fear men who can destroy your body. You fear God who can destroy your body and your soul in hell. Jesus said that. Well, we can't talk about hell. Look, if we don't fear the Lord, we don't have wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I know I'm a little bit hard. I'm a little bit, I'm, I teach the fear of the Lord like as the fear of the Lord. Like some people want to just say it's only respect. And I don't think that's true. I think that's the unbalanced understanding of the scripture. I think that's not fool. Okay, now don't get me wrong. I understand why people are saying that because we're talking to immature people who can't handle the truth. You hear? Well, look, I, I mean, think about this for a minute. If you're immature and unstable in your feelings, then why would I tell you to fear God? Yeah. That would be dangerous for you because then you would have a tormenting fear of God, right? Yeah. But if you're growing in maturity, I can tell you to fear the Lord and it's not going to mess you up. But if you have feelings that are controlling you, Okay, if you have feelings controlling you and I tell you, fear the Lord, you're going to get all messed up in your thinking. Okay, so I'm trying to bring some balance right now about this. My point is this fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the completion of wisdom. Love of the Lord is completed wisdom. I don't do things for God anymore because I fear him. I do things for God because I love him. Yeah. You see? Mm. But yeah. fear of the Lord was the beginning of my wisdom. Right. It was the fear of the Lord saying, I don't want to get spanked. That caused me to say, I don't want to live in sin anymore. Listen, if we don't teach about hell, how can we learn about fear of the Lord? 
You know why people don't want to talk about hell? Because it talks about fear of the Lord. You see? Fear of the Lord is real. It's a real fear. Are we destined to be like that? No, because those who are perfected in love do not fear God and judgment anymore. Can we find that one right there? Oh, we, we don't fear. Those who are perfected in love do not have fear. So it's actually, fear of the Lord is actually for the immature. Technically. But then there's a level of immaturity as we grow that people can't hear that anymore because they get offended. God just has a stronger way of grounding his kids. Yes. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where are we at? While you're looking for that, where was I at? The body is not meant for the body is not meant for sexual immorality. But for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you find it? Yeah, it's uh first John four eighteen. <laughs> Did you really? First John four eighteen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you find it? Oh no, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> he found it a little later. <clears throat> First John 4 18. Watch this. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Savior from what? From God. It says in the scripture, find this one for me. He's storing up his wrath for the end. Yeah. Storing up his wrath for the end, for the last day. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Where are we at? I'm totally messing this up. For, it was first John 4, what? Uh, 4.18. Okay, so whoever confesses that Jesus, this is verse 15, is the Son of God, God abides in him and he is in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Listen, the day of judgment is a day of real judgment. It's not a figurative day of judgment. People will be judged. By who? By God. The one to be feared. The one to be feared, you see? For the day of judgment. Like, how can, we, how can we miss this? Fear of the Lord is a real thing. Judgment of God is a real thing. But somehow we want to skip it because we, we feel uncomfortable with it. It is, a, it is a real reality. Okay? Check this out. By this is love perfected with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Confidence. Why? Because on the day of judgment, everybody's going to be shaking in their boots. But in Jesus, I can be confident. But without Jesus, I'll be shaking in my boots. You see what I'm saying? Watch this. Because as he is, so also we are we in this world. There, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. If you fear, it doesn't mean that you don't... Fear is not bad. Fear It's what you fear in this bad. Here is saying, he who fears has not been perfected in love. So as I receive the love of Christ, I don't have anything to fear anymore. I don't think they can just wrap their mind around it. Yes, this is a hard one. This is, this is a mystery of the gospel. And only through wisdom, and only through study, and only showing yourself approved by God through your study of the scriptures can you get this. Yeah. 
It doesn't say that fear never was. It's saying that we don't fear anymore because we've been perfected in love. You can mm. be perfected, which means that it's an ongoing thing. It doesn't mean you just get it like a snap out of your finger. No, but the beginning of wisdom was fear. But now if I'm perfected in love, there is no fear. Check this out. <clears throat> if I go over here to the hot stove and grab a pan out of, the, right. out of the oven, fear says, I don't want to touch that. I've been burnt before. But when I put the hot glove on, I can confidently approach the pan with no fear. But you know what fear does for me? It keeps the glove on. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Fear of the hot pan is the beginning of wisdom to put the glove on. When I'm covered by the glove, <laughs> when I'm covered by the, <laughs> right? There is a fear though. In fact, it never went away. That fear never went away. It just isn't a reality for me anymore because right. I put the glove on. Yeah. I can now confidently touch the hot pan because I'm covered my hands with the glove. Why is it in the fear? Um. Yes. It broke the rule. It, it trumped the present reality by putting on a new reality. The reality of the glove. Listen. It's like the law of flight and the law of gravity. If I ever remove the law of flight, gravity immediately takes place. If I ever remove the glove, the pain immediately takes place. It's faith in Jesus that removes me from fear of punishment. You see? The fear of the Lord is always there. That's why I continue to have my faith in Jesus. Mm. But when I'm in Jesus, I have confidence. I don't have to be in fear. I can confidently approach this thing called God that would have burnt me and consumed me. It says, for God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. It's good stuff. All right, so we at? Because as he is, so, uh, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love, watch this, because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is right back to what we were talking about. You see your brother out there, and he's about to get run over by a semi-truck, and you're not going to warn him? You're a liar. You don't love him. It's good stuff. Hmm. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Okay, what was the, the place I told you to go to? Um, Raph? Yes. Romans 2, 5. Romans 2, 5. Romans chapter 2, 5. <coughs> Thank you, Richie. But because of your hard and impenitent heart... You are storing up wrath for yourselves. You are storing up wrath for yourselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. How do we miss this in the Bible? Oh, oh, we want to rip our Bibles. That's right. Rip them up. 
Rip them up. Listen, I'm coming down on both sides of the church here. One side of the church says, God doesn't heal anymore. That was back in the first century. And one side of the church says, we're not ever going to talk about hell. So you got to just keep ripping your Bible apart. Let's quit ripping the Bible apart. Let's be balanced. Let's preach all of the truth. All of the truth. All of the truth. All of it. All of it, man. This is so good. There will be tribulation and distress. You know why people can't talk about this? Because they lack wisdom. They don't want to talk about it because they don't know how to talk about it. Let me just tell you how to talk about it. You go to somebody, if they're prideful towards God, it's time to tell them about their need for Jesus. And you help them self-analyze. If you point the finger at them, you become this hypocrite. You don't want to point the finger. You want them to point the finger at themselves. You ask revealing questions. Hey, man, what do you, what do you feel with God? Do you feel like that you're right with God? Do you feel like that you're doing good? You ask revealing questions so that they will judge themselves. The key to salvation is not judging someone else. It's having them judge themselves. If you can under, if you can help them see themselves, they're not going to see... Listen, if they're prideful and you try to tell them, they're not going to hear you. They're hard-hearted towards you. They're not going to hear it. The problem is not hellfire and brimstone preaching. The problem is hard hearts. You can't preach hellfire brimstone preaching to hard hearts. You have to preach brokenness. You have to help them understand their brokenness and understand that they're already destined for this hell, but not so that you can beat them down with it because that's only going to drive them far away from it because they already have hard hearts. You have got to get to the point. If you're a wise man, you can help soften their heart by love. By showing them the truth, showing them the way, giving them kindness. The kindness of the Lord brings about repentance. So we have to show them love. But just loving them doesn't save them. The truth is what sets them free. If I love them, it doesn't set them free. I have to speak the truth. They can't believe. Oh, I'm going to preach the gospel without using words. You can't preach the gospel without using words. It's not possible. Let me, let me teach you what the word preach means. Preach means you open your mouth. Sorry, I'm being a little sarcastic. Preach is opening your mouth and speaking. Just bare bones, uh, you, know, uh, you know, opening your mouth and speaking. Find a scripture for me. How can they believe if they don't have a preacher? Opening your mouth and speaking truth. This 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 is preaching. This is preaching. But you know what? I've heard people say this. You're gonna raise again. Uh, the Lord. I've heard people say this. I'm gonna preach the gospel, and if I have to, use words. You can't. You know what people have done with that? They think. <laughs> what did you find? Romans ten fourteen. Romans ten fourteen. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? On how... Oh, it's so good. And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? You know you have to open your mouth for someone to hear, right? You have to speak for someone to hear. How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone is sent it's right here, for faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Hearing by the word of Christ. Alright? Verse 17. 
For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? We've got to, watch this, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not obeyed the gospel. All right, check this out. Preaching infers that you speak. They cannot hear without speaking. Well, I'm not gifted in that. No, that means you have no faith. If you had faith, you would receive grace. If you received grace, you'd be able to preach the gospel. If you don't have faith, it means you're not humble. You're prideful. You know what pride is? Pride is rooted in fear. I'm afraid of them. I don't want to talk to them, but perfect left casts out all fear. Oh, I'm afraid to talk to them because I'm... Yeah, you love yourself. It's okay. You're a coward. No big deal. There's a perfect place in hell for left cowards too, Revelation says. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. It's truth, man. If you're a coward to preach the gospel, the scripture says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Mm. Yes. I'm telling you, we got to preach. I, I, I want to receive Jesus, but I want to tell anybody about it. Then you're a coward and you didn't really believe what you said. You're not convicted. See, if you believe it, you're convicted. You have conviction. You believe what you did and you aren't going to back down. That's so awesome. You're going to endure. The hardship. Why? Because you really believe it. If you don't really believe it, you won't endure. Matthew chapter 13 is talking about the sower and the seed. Matthew chapter 13 is talking about the sower and the seed. How some fell on the wayside. Some fell by the thorns. It says, and the, scor the sun came up and scorched them because they had no root. They could not endure when times of tribulation and persecution came for the sake of the gospel. Those people don't, they are not part really of us, the scripture says. For if they had been of us, they would have remained. It's all about the heart, not about your deeds. If your heart's true, then your deeds will follow. If you're true in your heart, you will, it will follow. So you have to hear, you have to speak. The people who try to say, well, I'm going to preach the gospel, and if I have to use words, they don't really love people. They love themselves. Actually, okay, that was said. Let me just put this one. When people said that originally, it was meant to say, I'm going to live a righteous life so that other people can see my life and that helps gird up my witness. Okay, that's true. But if you use it as an excuse to never open up your mouth, then it's cowardly and it's not love. It's fear and you're not perfected in love. And if you don't love your brother, then you don't love God. Hallelujah. Sorry. And you're a hypocrite. <laughs> Full circle. It's good stuff, man. So, we're going to wrap up there. Jesus is awesome. Let's not be hypocrites, man. We need to recognize and understand that it is actually love to warn people about their house burning down. If someone was sleeping in their house and their house was burning down, and I come, oh, I don't want to wake them up. It's, in the mess. it's 3 in the morning. It's so rude to knock on their door. Well, I don't knock on their door. Their house is burning down. <laughs> Who cares? Throw a rock in the window. Oh, don't break their glass. It's burning down. Who cares about the window? <laughs> you know, listen, when we're preaching the gospel, you don't have to be perfect. Even the people with the signs that say all gays are going to hell. I mean, I'm not condoning the way they're doing it. I'm just saying it's not wisdom. You know what I'm saying? If you take a, a couch and prop it up against the front door and say, you're burning, man, and you don't let them out, right? If you're putting things in their way to prevent them from getting out, 
because of your pride. Oh, you're not going to listen to me? All right, I'm going to put something in front of the door so you can't get out. That's what people do when they're on the street. Mm. See? God loves you. God loves the gays. Come ask me how. Go tell them something I already know. Oh, praise God. That's good. God loves you. Even in your sin, come ask me how. That's what we should be doing. Yes. You know? That's good. See, the good news is that God loves them. The bad news is they're going to hell. The good news is that they're coming out. They can get out. That's the good news. Jesus is good news. But so often in the world, Jesus is bad news. Oh, Jesus, don't, don't get me started on Jesus. Oh, my gosh, the people of the church, they're all hypocrites. Why? Because we don't live. Why? Because we, live, we believe in half a gospel. We don't believe in a victorious gospel where we can overcome our sin. We don't believe in a gospel that can say, I'm victorious. Because we don't believe in that, then people don't believe in our Jesus. Because our Jesus wasn't strong enough to save me from my sin. Why? How can he save him from their sin? We have to believe the whole thing. If we don't believe the whole thing, we won't do it. If we don't do it, people won't believe us when we speak. God's good. And it's not about doing, it's about being. Knowing who we are. If I know who we are, faith arises and works follow. Jesus is awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold as a Lion ministry podcast. For additional teaching, prayer, information, or support, please visit our website at www.boldasalignministries.com. Subscribe to our Facebook for updates on what God is doing in our ministries and our YouTube page for updated teachings hosted at the Barracks Discipleship and Recovery House. For weekly refreshing word, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. We pray strength and blessing for you and yours and for the courage to walk boldly for God.